Welcome to Crazy Courage, a podcast about business stories. This is episode number two, and we are here with Sensei Richard Ouellette, who's the chief instructor and founder of Inner Hero Martial Arts, and he's here to tell us his story. So tell us what Inner Hero Martial Arts is all about, Sensei. All right. Thanks, Nick, and thanks for having me on your podcast. Um, Inner Hero Martial Arts and Fitness, um, as it says, We've been teaching martial arts for many, many years, a couple of decades now. And, you know, combination of karate, some jujitsu uh, and other martial arts, as well as some fitness cardio classes for uh, ladies in particular. Uh, but I think what we're really best known for is that though, you know, we classify ourselves as a martial art, uh, really what we do is success coaching martial arts. So what we do is not only we teach martial arts but we also teach uh, success coaching principles so how to achieve any goal uh, how to build self-esteem how to be resilient um, how to learn any skill how to become very responsible as a person so that you achieve your dreams and goals and really the martial arts is just a vehicle that we use in order to make that happen for instance um, when they talk about our kids' programs, we teach the kids, you know, how to kick, how to punch, how to block, how to roll, how to fall, if they slip on the ice and not hurt themselves. But while they're doing these drills, there's a lot of contact, right? Physical contact between uh, two people. And there's sometimes a little pain. Sometimes those techniques or those skills uh, aren't easy to learn. So they take time. And so what we teach uh, the kids in particular is how to be more resilient, how to be okay with making mistakes. So our motto in the club, especially with the kids is it's okay to make mistakes because if you learn from then you improve and the more you learn and improve, the more you're headed towards being uh, the hero, right? That pulling that inner hero inside of you and pulling it out. Right. And so uh, that'd be an example. So uh, at the beginning of every class, for instance, uh, years ago, I learned from uh, Tony Robbins some uh, methods of uh, programming people or deprogramming people from, you know, negative thoughts and beliefs. And so an example of that is uh, if you, you know what affirmations are, right? So affirmation, you say something and, you know, if you believe it, it uh, helps to improve you, you know, internally and so on. And basically what we've done, though, is you an affirmation by itself, like, there's no weeds, there's no weeds, there's no weeds. Well, yeah, there's weeds and you got to pull them out. And if you don't say something with real emotion and emphasis, it really doesn't drive and, and really has no effect. But if you take an affirmation and you align it with something truly physical and use your whole body and your voice and your emotion and everything, it burns in your nervous system. So, for instance, at the beginning of every class, I'll pick one, you know, a series of techniques that we've taught the kids and there's a you know, another way of calling the, the, the affirmation is a power phrase. So we attach a power phrase with a specific set of techniques. Uh, for instance, one of the ones that uh, I enjoy teaching the kids the most is uh, all I need to be successful in life is within me now. So I get the kids to do a punching sequence and they repeat this mantra over and over again as loud as they can with intensity. And over time, the idea is it then drives that thought into those children that all they need success the lights already born inside of them. All they need to do is put in hard work and learn from their mistakes. Right. So those kinds yeah. of things and so on. That's and then, you know, like like and then, you know, we teach the classes part of it. There's a lots of hard skills and we reward them with belts over the, you know, over years, you know, months, years and so on. So it shows their progress that, you know, they've overcome those mistakes, overcome those issues. And then at the end of every class, we will teach them uh, um, uh, a life lessons. And these are pulled in from Tony Robbins and other various sources. So, uh, for instance, an attitude of gratitude might be one of them, where we teach the kids to be grateful for things in their life and not just abstract things like, you know, being alive or, you know, the universe, etc. But let's say things that their parents might have done for them. And uh, at the beginning, I'll explain, you know, what gratitude is, etc. 
and it'll get them to, you know, find something in their life that week that they're grateful for. And then making sure that they tell that person, whether it's their parents, brother and sister, a teacher, somebody in their life. So people know that they're grateful. Wow. That's awesome. Other lessons. Absolutely. Other lessons we might teach is how to take personal responsibility. So we'll, I'll start out with, you know, easiest way to take personal responsibility of something in, in their life is, uh, let's say to make their bed, uh, put away their laundry in the basket, uh, clean their desk. They eventually clean their room. And when they do things like that, then what happens is, let's say that takes that burden off of their family members, their uh, parents, etc., And then that helps not just themselves, but their parents. And then that helps the family. The family helps the community, the city, the, you know, the state or province they're in, the country, in the world. So by taking, absolutely. And by taking a little bit of responsibility and over time growing how much responsibility they can take, really they're helping uh, much more than themselves, right? So, and that's an example of, of uh, some of the lessons we might teach. So combination of uh, building, you know, self-esteem, putting in some, you know, really empowering messages in them, uh, driving them really hard with, you know, difficult tasks, and then making sure that we, you know, correct them, um, make sure that they understand mistakes are okay, that they improve, and then they see the results of their progress in belts, for example. Okay. Right, right. Right. So that's what so, so that, I'm going. So that's the, the, yeah, so that's the gist of, you know, what we do. And nice. yes, we have programs for children. We have programs for adults. We have programs for, you know, fitness. And they tend to hit different markets. So the kids programs, you know, little boys and girls, anywhere from, you know, six years old all the way to uh, 16, 17 adult programs, which, you know, somewhere some some start around 17 18 we have men and women but those are geared more towards men because there's a little more physical activity okay uh and and you know arm banging and and impact and uh guys tend to like that kind of thing a little bit more right and then we've got uh cardio kickboxing programs which uh, the ladies tend to enjoy more because it's much more fitness based they're wearing gloves and pads so they're not actually hitting they're being hit, etc. They're hitting pads. They're enjoying it. Nice. They're, you know, uh, uh, doing kickboxing to their favorite music. So get their stress relief out and so on. So that's the, the gist of, of what we do. Something for everyone, right? I love it. That's great. I, I would say something for, for the family, for everyone in the family. Yeah, sure. Right. That's our target market. And those parents must love, you know, if you're making their kids feel good when they're six, seven years old, start them off early, believing in themselves. That's, oh, and they're also coming home being grateful and saying thank you and please and all that stuff. That must be, uh, they must just love that. Oh, yeah. We, uh, my instructors uh, get a lot of feedback and me personally, I've gotten a lot of, you know, parents come to me directly and say, oh my God, you know, I was glad you gave this message because I've been trying to get, you know, little Bobby or Susie to do this, uh, that, the other thing for months now, and they listen to you. And then all of a sudden now they're doing it and they understand why, and all their friends are doing it. And at the end of every, uh, once a week on the Saturday classes, I tend to ask them, what was one of those things you were grateful for? What was one of those things that, you know, you took personal responsibility for and the parents, you know, they, they see the sense of gratitude. They see the sense of, uh, you know, personal responsibility, they see the confidence that, that is being built in their children. And I, and I see it too, right? I see some children who start out with very, you know, low self-esteem, afraid to do anything. We try to make them, let's say, even do a front roll and, you know, tears are coming from their eyes. They're so scared. And then over time, we, you know, gently help them. We break down a tough skill into something super easy, really, really tiny little a step once they could do that we'll make another step and another another and eventually they're doing the roles and a couple months in they're like they have no idea why they were scared in the first <laughs> of course place because now they're experts at it <laughs> that's awesome i love it i love it yeah yeah all right so i gotta say you know having like a martial arts school that's probably not something that someone like myself who never has studied martial arts could say, Hey, you know what we could use in this neighborhood as a martial arts school. I should just start a martial arts school. I'm thinking that this is something that you've been training for, for a little while. 
and at some point, you know, you, you start thinking, well, I'm going to make a school out of it and I, I want to teach. Like how far back do you have to go to think of what led you to this point? Oh, geez. Um, well, I, you know, I was a shy kid, uh, not particularly good in school. Um, tended to be bullied a little bit. Okay. Uh, for very, you know, my parents came from, you know, um, you know, modest means. And sometimes you were, you know, uh, picked on for, you know, not having the nicest house in the block or not having the nicest clothes. And, uh, at one point I, um, I think I was nine. My brother, John was eight and Don was six. And uh, we saw this karate demonstration in our school. Thought, I thought, Jesus, most beautiful thing I've ever seen. I want to do that. <laughs> love at first sight, right? <laughs> I love. It. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, so I, I started training when I was nine, and um, uh, to this day, you know, I uh, still train. My, my my original instructor passed away uh, about a year and a half ago, but um, wow. my middle brother quit at brown belt because he was a lover, not a fighter. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but my youngest brother and I, Don, still practice to this day, and uh, we're both. Wow you know, seventh degree black belts in karate and then, you know, other ranks and other styles as well, karate, jiu-jitsu and so on. But uh, yeah, started out uh, nine years old practicing, um, went through and, you know, like everything else, slowly over time, builds a little bit of your confidence. Nice. Um, uh, and, and for me, you know, went off to university, kept training. Um, my studies were in computer science. So for couple of decades, I was a computer developer, designer, software designer, and then eventually became a manager in some large high tech companies. And I always knew I had two major passions in life, martial arts and computer science. And so at one point, I just decided that I was going to take the, you know, martial arts is going to become the, the particular, um, my martial arts was going to become the, the, my, I, I started out as a passion. Yeah. It was like a part-time evening activity yeah. and, you know, computer science was my full-time job. And then I knew someday I would swap them. And so that's where the point I'm at right now where, you know, computers and, and managing is, is more the my pastime and teaching martial arts is now my full-time gig, right? Nice, <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So, okay, let's uh, going back to, to your uh, beginnings there when you were like nine years old taking a crowd. You said you were shy, bullied, not really great in school how long were you in karate before you saw i'll say uh some sort of transformation or a change where you weren't getting bullied anymore and things turned around in school Oof. uh it probably took a couple of years a couple of years right to be yeah it took a couple of years because you know the skills just having the physical skills so like physically or five years, I, I had, you know, way more skills than anybody else in my age group, okay. right, in terms of physical school, uh, skills. But the the part that was a little bit lacking was more on the self-esteem side. And some of it does come with the martial arts. Okay. And over time, when you, you know, end up uh, probably a little later when I was sparring with the men and being able to hold my own, that's really what boosted my self-esteem much more. Okay. Uh, but I, but I think for me, uh, I mean, certain amount of self-esteem boost through the martial arts, but then at one point I, when I was young, I also started, you know, listening to Tony Rob Tony Robbins programs, uh, on, you know, on tapes, on CDs, etc. And there was a lot of self-esteem work part of that as well and success. Okay. Work, right. And, uh, to give you an idea, it, it, there's some things that stick with you. So I'll, I'll go back to, to, uh, I'm in school, I'm in the eighth grade. I'm in a, I, you know, my background is a uh, French Canadian, uh, though my mom's Irish descent. So we spoke English around the house. So I was at a French school and, uh, they're doing a dictation. So a page and a quarter of dictation, the whole class does it. Like I said, it wasn't the greatest in school. The teacher hands out all of the marks and the papers and then looks at mine and says, Richard, and this is all in French, who makes 54 mistakes on a page and a quarter? Are you stupid? And I'm like, oh my goodness, I must be stupid. And to tell you the truth, those things stick with you a long time, right? So I right. fast forward to university. And again, though on the physical side, I was, you know, uh, good to fight, you know, almost any adult. Inside, there's always that 
thought, right, that that teacher said that I wasn't very smart. And at one point, I got invited by this uh, guy called Dean to dinner at his place. And, you know, I'm a university student. I thought it was a little weird talking to my friends. And they're saying, Richard, that's not a guy called Dean. That's the Dean, right? And the letter was in French. I understood <laughs> some of the things. And they said, and by the way, that's that's bull, right? If you, if you had made the Dean's Honor List, your name would be in a plaque in the university center. I don't know. So my friends walked me down to the university center and there's a plaque and out of 6,000 students in science, there were six names on the plaque and mine was number five. So I actually made the Dean's Honor List. I was in the top five of 6,000 students. And even that, right, didn't really click into me that, you know, that I, I wasn't, you know, a terrible student, that, it, that you know, that self-esteem still wasn't fully built yet. Uh, because those that programming, right? That negative programming, yeah, right? And right. so what what I did was, oh, absolutely. And I, I, I rationalized it as, oh, I, I'm not very smart, but I work hard. So that became my mantra, right? That I work harder than others. That's how I got in the dean's honor list. And yeah, that's absolutely sure. true. Like, sure, I worked way harder than anyone else in school. Like, if there was one book to be read, I would read two. If there was, you know, uh, a couple chapters on something to do, I'd read, I'd get every book and, uh, I could, right, to get that information. I practiced way more than anyone else. And I did the same in the martial arts. But also there's a certain amount of different type of intelligence. So I was a very logical person. So maybe I, I can't spell. And even this day, I can't spell. And, but my logical side of my brain was very well developed. So in things like computers, I would end up at the top of the class, you know, with A's, A pluses across the board. But again, it wasn't until I'd gone to these in person to these Tony Robbins seminars and then these incantations, these power phrases, right, that, that he was making us do and I was doing it as well. And that the combination of that and the martial arts eventually gave me that, you know, that self-confidence both on you know, the business uh, side, you know, and also on the martial arts side. So it was the marriage of the two. And uh, one in itself didn't give it to me. Quite frankly, that's why I've, I've amalgamated both together in uh, Inner Hero Martial Arts, where I say we don't just teach success coaching, we don't just teach martial arts, but we teach success coaching martial arts. Well, wow, that's impressive. I mean, that's really got to be a step above a lot of the other uh, dojos or martial arts, uh, centers, uh, in, in your local area, I would think. Oh, absolutely. I, I've, you know, I've, I've studied with a lot of clubs in my own city and different cities and, uh, you know, nothing to take away of any of those people. They're amazing martial artists, right? They, they teach amazing lessons and, and they do a great job. Um, but honestly, without a doubt, me and my team have taken things just to a completely different level wow. where we've combined these things. And, you know, and it, like I, I explained, every lesson starts out with, you know, sure, we do our warm up, but then we make sure they do their power phrases, their incantations, yeah. you know, to drive that rate, rate in their nervous system, those positive thoughts. We make them go through a, a bunch of difficult things. We teach them those life lessons. So it's the full combination of all of it. And without a doubt I, i've never seen another program actually any in the world i've i've checked on youtube i've checked on google to try to find anything like ours i i truly believe we're you know the unique uh martial arts yeah, yeah. planet that does this right in this way and you know there might be another one somewhere but i I haven't found them yet. Sure. But that, i mean that's an impressive system you're marrying two worlds the physical and the mental to really uh, meld the two together to create people that are really s strong in body and mind and, you know, have great self-confidence, which, man, it's a tough world out there. It's not easy to feel good about yourself. Like you said, you got teachers to just tear you down when you're young and that sticks with you. You Like, I'm sure teachers have said things along the way that you've forgotten, but that one thing, that negative thing that that teacher said, that's the one that stuck with you. That's that's how we are, right? We remember the negative a lot more than we do the positive. So I think what you're saying is that, you know, it takes a lot of work to to jam that positive back into your head and get rid of the negative. Like you, I think you, you touched on how you were talking about deprogram or reprogramming uh, yourself. That's, I mean, that sounds like what you need to do. And I think we could 
probably all use a lot, a little bit of that. Certainly after the last few years we've had on this planet here, they've been a little challenging no matter where we live. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And, and it's one of those things that over time I've noticed it in myself. And, but, you know, sometimes we don't see our own blind spots. Sure. Right. And, and sometimes it's not just teachers, right? Sometimes it's, and, and sometimes the parents, sometimes it's a aunt, uncle, friend, um, you know, somebody, a coach even sometimes that, you know, puts you down in a way that, you know, the, the, the individual, and, and I'm not saying that to put down any parents or anything. It's just sometimes, you know, in trying to be tough and, and, you know, uh, push our, our kids, sometimes we cross that line that we're a little too tough or the teachers or whomever, right? I have total respect for teachers. Don't get me wrong. It was just a moment in time. Yeah, oh yeah, sure. But, and, and, and you're right, you know, with, you know, what's happened in the last couple of years of the pandemic and everything, there's a lot of people that are afraid and I've actually seen it. I, you know, I've seen the, the families that were terrified, right? And, and, and it's taken a couple of years actually since the pandemic to, to come back to full force where we were, right? It's actually taken almost three years to get back to the point where we were before the pandemic. And a lot of that is fear, right? A lot of people are very fearful. And I think one of the things that we do really well is the people that have come back to train with us. And for a while we did the online thing as well. And sometimes we do do a, a hybrid version for people who can't make it in person. Right. Um, but the, world, the reality, right? <laughs> it, it is absolutely, it's a, it's a new world. Hybrids the, the re- magic word. It is the magic word, right? And so like I've got students sometimes from, you know, different parts of the city, you know, different provinces, somebody in South Korea that sometimes logs in to do some of the training. But the, the it's interesting that I've seen some of the, the kids that came back sooner with us and even teenagers and adults. I've seen their self-esteem come back a lot faster. Those that stayed more online, stayed more remotely, and noticed their self-esteem uh, and, and their fear being much greater, took a greater hit their self-esteem. But when they do come back with us, because of these you know, power phrases, these incantations that we do and all the messages and the camaraderie and everything, I do see their, their self-esteem you know, and, uh, go up and actually the fear go down. That's right. awesome. Uh, That's awesome. Quite a bit. Wow. So you, I mean, just sounds like you're really in tune with your students and who they are. Like they're not just, you know, it's not like retail clients to just come in, they're in, they're out to buy something. Like you seem to really know and understand your students really well. And I guess, you know, they're around for a long time too. It's not like, you know, they're not just in and out or anything. Like that. Like these are people that you're, you're seeing the change in them, the, how they evolve and, how they're getting to be better people. And I mean, I hope you're taking some sort of satisfaction in the fact that you're helping these people better their lives and better themselves. Like that's got to feel good. Oh, that, that's actually our main driving force, at least for me, right? To see the, the growth in the students. And, and when you were talking about knowing, you know, the, the students and what they want and so on, uh, that I think that's actually been one of the challenges, right? As a martial arts instructor, as a martial artist, we're taught really, you know, how to kick, how to punch, how to, you know, how to fight, how to, you know, avoid confrontation and so on. But we're not taught the business side. No, right. Very rare to find a good martial artist who's also a good business person. And so probably one of the biggest challenges we've had to overcome over the years is really understanding our target market. And um, just prior to COVID, that's when we started, you know, zooming in on our target market. Uh, for instance, with the, the adult martial arts program, like I said, it's more men dominated, like it's a 90-10, um, 80-20 male dominated. And it's because, you know, men t- like to achieve something, right? So they're, they're wow. there. They want to become the protector of the family. They want to, you know, be able to feel like they can go home and protect their, their uh, loved ones, their kids, their spouse, and so on. Um if I look at the children's programs and it's, you know, though the children are the ones we teach, it's really their parents that are our target market, right? Fair, right. So parents that want uh, to build resilience in their children, to build self-esteem, to build sometimes coordination and so on. Um, and then in terms of the ladies program, 
it's uh, the cardio kickboxing is actually more of a sanctuary because we have a lot of mothers with children that the only hour or two a week that they get away is for our program. And uh, I've heard, heard one of our uh, one of our students, Amber, explained it best that it, it keeps her sane. Right. <laughs> so um, it takes her out of her head and puts her in her body. So she's not worrying about all the stuff of yesterday, today, tomorrow, fixing lunches, everything else right. that she has to do for the two one hour classes a week that she's with us. She forgets everything she gets in her body. She's kicking, she's punching, she's getting a cardiovascular workout, some resistance training, some abs and core, um, and some camaraderie and gets all her frustrations out. So again, a big part of that, um, journey for us was starting to really key in on what were the key needs of the different groups. And the more we understand the key needs of those groups, the more we tailor the programs for them. So for instance, for the adult program, you know, the focus, you know, for a long time, I was trying to market, you know, even more to women and it, it just wasn't the right target market. So then okay. we refocused it more to men. We focused it more on achievement, on protecting the family, on self-defense and so on. So very heavy self-defense component on, on the cardio for the ladies, much more, you know, um, uh, upbeat music. Uh, just a really fun atmosphere, some great physical conditioning, right? The, the, um, the kickboxing is just like the bonus. The fact that they learn how to kick and punch, that's almost irrelevant. Okay. Right? It's just the fun part. It's getting out of there. And then, they're, they're there. To, absolutely. To, to an escape. They, they need. It's the well Right? And, uh, you know, uh, frustrations with a, a, a boss, a partner anything and then they get to punch and kick right. something really hard and <laughs> get all those frustrations out yeah. and then you know finally for the the kids programs you know knowing what i know and the journey that i went through knowing that those kids need you know to build that self-esteem that they need to be resilient and you know i i and when we first started like years ago prior to where we are now we had just started in a primary school and all the teachers were against us from even starting there because they thought we'd create teenage power mutant rangers or something. Right, right. <laughs> and um, just lead to violence, kind of thing, right? Like the, oh, absolutely. Right. Actually, they, they, they thought we were going to lead to a whole bunch of violence. Of course. And about three months in, the principal came to me and said, Richard, you know, your program's a hit. And I said, why? He says, the teachers can pick out of the class the kids that are in your program. And I said, how? And he said, their attention, most kids' attention span, they're the Sesame Street generation. And then most of them had an attention span of about two minutes. So the, the, you know, the little programs were 30 seconds to two minutes, each one of the, the clips. And that's what their attention span was. And the teacher said, the kids that are in karate, I could pick them out because they can focus for 10 to 20 minutes straight without wow. disrupting the class. Nice. And that's a great example of, you know, one specific thing we did to just you know, help them out that way. No, I'm sorry. Was that right. the martial arts or was that the combination of a couple programs? Like how, like when you started out in the, uh, in the school, were you doing the full thing? That was just the martial arts, just part. the martial arts, just the martial arts by itself wow. took their attention span and made it, you know, five to 10 fold. So that's just like, if you did that same program in the schools today, it would just be that much better even because you've got the yeah. extra content or uh, oh absolutely well that's awesome that's awesome yeah so i guess you know when you're nine years old you're taking karate you're not thinking well this is what i want to do as a living when i grow up right you're just doing that for because you enjoy it, you found something you're passionate about and that's great you know like most mm -hmm. most kids take up soccer or hockey or football or whatever as a sport um now this is and i think you said it best. I think like, you know, when, when you are starting off in karate and all the people that stick with it, you know, they're not thinking I want to necessarily make a business out of this when I grow up. Right. It's usually like a side, uh, you know, hobby or a passion or something that they're pursuing as well as mm -hmm. their other endeavors. Same, same as you did. Right. And then I guess at some point someone decides, well, no, this is, this passion is more than just, you know, a hobby or whatever, I need to do this full time. And I mean, I think for you, it sounds like you're doing really good things. So for you to do it full time and really push your program on, 
these kids, I say kids, cause I think they're probably getting the most out of it. You know, it's probably really going to benefit them, you know, long-term, you know, you see these uh, improvements stick with them down the road. I think that's a lot, but that's not easy, right? Like you said, there's no roadmap to starting a business like that. Like it's just the karate part, probably if I'm, you know, not, not to say that it, not to, not, not to dumb it down, but uh, not to take away from it, but certainly the karate part sounds like it, it's probably the easy part because you know the karate you've been doing it for however many decades. So it's like ingrained, right? But running the Absolutely. business side of it, that's where, like you said, there's no roadmap. Like you just, all of a sudden you're like, I was wearing my karate hat easy or whatever, you know, uh, but now I got to put on all the other hats. I got to do the marketing. Now, like you said, like you, you've had these challenges where you're trying to market to different people and you had to figure out, you know, who to market or what to market to whom so that they can, uh, you know, so it can be efficient, but there's no, there's no way to know that. Like, that's just, uh, that to me seems like it, it just, it's gotta be really challenging in that respect oh, uh, to, to get into that. Absolutely. It, it, it's, it's by far the most challenging part, right? Again, you know, I have at this point, um, just shy of a couple of years of, uh, you know, I'm three, four years away from 50 years of, of being um, a martial artist. That's a long time. So right now I'm a seventh degree black belt, which is considered a master instructor level. So on the martial arts side, you know, that, that's, that's set, right? I've got, um, you know, just shy of five decades of training, you know, behind me. But, you know, only a couple of years of, uh, and, and though, you know, I worked as a manager in a high tech company, sure. that's a different thing, right? So I worked in technical side of things. So I wasn't working uh, technical sales to be more specific. So I had no background in, you know, target markets. I had no background in the marketing. I had no background in, you know, how to build products. I had no, pro uh, nothing in terms of, you know, the, the strategy of the corporation, uh, the legal finance setups, uh, how do you create raving fan clients? You know, how do you, uh, the only part I probably had a lot of was how to manage a team, right? Right. Cause I, I've always managed teams of, you know, uh, 10, 20, 30, uh, employees. So that part was a little bit easier, but the, the core business side of things, like you say, was really hard. One thing that I did to try to accelerate that was. I went out and I, I bought some business programs, right? Uh, uh, Tony Robbins and uh, his partner, Dean Graziosi, had a program, a lady called Marie Forleo has a B-School business school, right? And, you know, these cost money and they take time. Sure. And the and they, they kind of accelerate, right? Your ability to move forward okay. and to, to learn from it and so on. But quite frankly, just, you know, and yes, that, you know, those programs have accelerated me quite a bit. Uh, but when you're going through those programs and the exercises, when you first start out, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so it, you know, you're, you're going through an exercise and you, you know, you're, you're doing the best you can to come up with, with something yeah. and you don't really know if it's going to work. And so you, maybe you try it out and you hit, you miss. Uh, and, uh, you know, quite frankly, it's taken, you know, it probably took us a good four, five, four years, I think from, from when I was really focused on, you know, creating a new brand, creating, um, you know, looking at our target markets, our programs, everything. It, it, even though we had the, those programs and, you know, behind me and my team, it took a while to actually trial and error to see what sure. really worked. That just gave us, you know, instead of having the whole world as a target, kind of made, you know, gave us a little bit of a, you know, smaller sliver to work on. We still had to work our way through it to get exactly where we are now. And, you know, where we are now is we, we have a, a very strong brand. So we're called Inner Hero Martial Arts and Fitness. And, in, and our tagline is discover the hero in you. And the I, reason for that is, you know, pulling out the hero that's inside of everyone, every man, every woman, every child, and bringing that out, right? And, and having an identity. So our students, I call them Budo heroes. Okay. And Budo means martial arts. Okay. So, uh, so the identity of, of my students are martial art heroes. And we have a set of values that you're working towards, right? Resilience, patience, persistence, and so on. And so all of these lessons, everything we do, drive that identity in them, right? right? And as part of building that self-esteem and so on. And so like that, that has been a, um, that in itself has been a big 
challenge. Steep learning. And then absolutely (laughs) steep learning. And then getting, you know, coming up with the message, trying it, and then uh, uh, working with my team and then now communicating that. Right. So that's the, the part of the marketing and then eventually the sales is then imparting you know, that message to everyone. So it's, it's a, uh, definitely not a straight line no, and, right. you know, two step forward, one step, back, <laughs> two step forward, one step right. back. And, you know, quite frankly, during the pandemic, that was like 12 steps back. Right. Because sometimes a hundred as a business that would be, um, you know, a lot of face to face. Um, I would assume this was the kind of things recreational, not deemed essential. Uh, yeah. Why don't you explain a little bit how the pandemic affected your, your business? Cause certainly that would be a struggle that you would have encountered for sure. Jeez. Yeah. It, it was, it was like hitting a brick wall. Right. So, um, and overnight too, right. So, it's like brick wall. It literally from the time we heard rumors of closure, you know, in two weeks we were closed. Wow. Right. So we hit the, the brick wall, martial arts and, and the, the kickboxing and so on. It's quite a bit of an in-person type activity. There's a lot of two-person interaction uh, that you can do. And yes, we were able to pivot to some online, but you know, quite, a, quite frankly, a lot of people didn't have the setups. Right. You know, at home, right. Yeah. You know, to be able to work out and, and, you know, trying to do a lot more solo drills as two-person drills. Uh, and it was, it was quite a challenge being, you know, shut down, open, shut down. And when we're opened up only allowing 10 people in a room that usually fills 190, um, you know, you, you, you just, you, you can't pay the bills that way. Yeah. Right. right? That's the biggest thing, right? Like, it's like, okay, you got 10 people. That's great. But those 10 people no longer sustain the business model oh, ab- set up, right? Absolutely not. And, and quite frankly, you know, now we know that. You know, people who are in medical, better physical condition, who are staying in shape, who exercise, who got out in the sun, did better. But back then, nobody knew it. Certainly not the government. No. Uh, and not the medical authorities. And so uh, they, you know, something that probably would have been very uh, beneficial, you know, given, you know, maybe more uh, spacing between people to do it. Sure. Um, but still continuing, you know, physical activities probably would have been, you know, very good. Actually, would have absolutely been better for a lot of people. And there's a lot of um, muscle atrophy. And I, I thought I heard a statistic that the average North American has lost, uh, I think it's two years of their life, wow. right? Expectancy on average from, you know, the lockdown and lack of activity. Uh, wow. And so, you know, our, our endeavor, one of the absolute best things you can do to turn that around and have, you know, live a healthier, longer life is physical activity, physical fitness, especially vigorous activity. Right. So what we do in the martial arts, what we do in the cardio kickboxing classes are directly in line with, you know, helping people, uh, you know, overcome that. Sure. Well, wow, that's great. Yeah. Live longer. And yeah, that, I mean, that must have been quite the toll on people's mental health, too. Certainly. I mean, look, I know in general it, was, it took a toll on everyone's mental health. But I mean, the people who were like in your cardio kickboxing classes, the people who needed that, you know, couple hours of escape each week, no longer getting that. So no longer getting the exercise, but no longer getting that mental break that they craved or were looking forward to, right? Yeah. So, so you know, it took a little while. And when I realized that, you know, the pandemic was going to end anytime soon, uh, pivoted to getting some online classes going and, and, you know, absolutely had a lot of uh, ladies and men, women, children come back online. But a couple of issues came up that, you know, you're constantly seeing people being pulled off a screen because, you know, let's say it's a, a mother. Well, the kids were there trying to get mom's right. attention, uh, animals coming in, getting in their way, um, you, you know, the children trying to work out. And then, you know, somebody, you know, somebody saying squirrel on the side and then yeah. being pulled sure. off. Just distraction, so it, it, right? Like you're, you're yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. Yeah. Distractions. Uh, so it wasn't ideal, but it was better than nothing. Okay. Yeah. And, right. and we learned a lot from it and it, it taught me, you know, to, uh, I started uh, producing an online program for people who, uh, could learn at their own pace, uh, you know, on the side as well. And, you know, kind of today, now that we're back to more, you know, mostly in person for everyone, um, you know, that's more of an adjunct. So an addition on that. People can learn, and you know, the, the keen people, right? Some people right. are just keen to learn even more and faster and detailed. So we have that side. And a while ago, though, you did talk about the, the hit that it took 
uh, to people. Interestingly enough, the people that I noticed that this, you know, anecdotal experience that took the biggest hit was teenagers. Yeah, but the the single biggest group I saw that had the most fear coming out of the pandemic were teenagers, and you know, I I can't tell you why that's the case. Um, maybe it's because they watch more social media and there was, and, and there was yeah. a lot of more fear driven, but they were terrified and it took a lot longer for the teenagers to rebuild their self-esteem and get rid of most of their fear of just uh, going out in person than the small children, than men and women who were adults. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, it, cause you, when you're a teen, you're, you're trying to understand the world, and but yet at the same time, you're at an age where you're starting to become aware of the world around you. So you're aware of the world around you, but you don't quite understand it yet. So for all mm -hmm. this, people say, you know, people are dying and wear a mask, you're going to die. Like the, Yeah, like you said, there's a lot of fear. And I think that's the, whereas the younger kids just don't understand. So they're like, well, mommy and daddy will protect me. We're good, right? The team right. are trying are, are headed towards, um, you know, wanting to be uh, independent uh, and, you know, learning to uh, learning about themselves as ind individuals. Fine. So so they're really sort of just taking those first steps of independence and doing things on their own. Now, all of a sudden, like, whoa, no, you're going to die. And, you know, like it's yeah, that's fear. But I mean, adults, we have more tools uh, to deal with those sort of things. Not that it was easier, but I, I certainly can see how it would have been, uh, trickier on that, uh, part of the age, uh, group, uh, the teenager, and sure. I, I absolutely. And, and I think, you know, when I think back to my childhood as a teenager, we were fearless, right? Right. Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, in my youth, uh, I, I know it'll come across being a little strange, but I, I come from, you know, Northern Ontario, Northern communities, uh, we hunted, fished, fur trapped. And I remember as a teenager, you know, going after a wolf with, you know, on a snowmobile with an ax. Right. And, you know, think about it today, you know, probably the dumbest thing I've ever done in my life, <laughs> but just no, no fear. Right. Right. And I, I think the big difference though is we had no social media, right? Right. Yes. We had n nothing driving that fear into us like constantly. there is now, right? right? And, yeah. and, and yeah. constantly at a massive, yeah, 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 at a massive level. Yeah, so that true. that's one of the big things, and maybe also because I did start martial arts younger, right? So on the physical side, I had a lot less fear of Fair. things, Fair. right? Because I could, I did know I could fight, you know, to a certain extent. Yeah, I think at that age, I was too dumb to be scared, you know, but again, like you said, there was no social media <laughs> to pound it into our heads and tell us to be scared, right? Like we're just uh, like, I'll right. hunt a wolf with an axe or whatever on a snowmobile, doing a handstand or whatever you want, you know? <laughs> good luck, good luck. All right. So I think we've got a pretty good idea of where you're at with your uh, inner hero martial arts. What, what's the next step? Where do you go from here? What does it, what does it look like down the road? Ah, uh, well, I mean, one of the things that uh, I'd like to really do a big push uh, this next year is to complete all of our online training. Okay. So that, you know, God forbid anything ever happens to me that, you know, my team has a full library of all my knowledge, you know, put down and, you know, on video and, and through lessons that anybody can take up. And, and, and I do also, you know, set it up for a train the trainer type activity. Um, I think that that's on the, you know, the, the product side, yeah. um, on the business side, um, one thing that I took back up this year that I'd learned years ago in a Tony Robbins seminar was just, you know, slowly growing my business week to week, but by focusing on different categories. Okay. So, uh, I, I'd learned in the Tony Robbins seminar that you and your management team take two to three hours a week and work on one, uh, area. And I'll give you the reason why is. As a business owner, there's always more stuff to do than when you have time in the day. Like right. there's just so much to do. And you end up working in the business 100% of the time if you're not careful, right? right? If you don't strategically pull yourself out, you work in the business on day-to-day -day activities that don't grow your business, that don't improve it, that don't move it forward. 
And so the, the practice that I, I started back up a couple of months ago, and, you know, we're going to be driving this over the next couple of years is every week focusing. So one week focusing on strategic planning, where we are, where we want to go and what are our gaps. Um, two is innovation, product innovation. So how can we make our products so much value to our clients more than absolutely anybody else on the planet? Um, focusing on world-class marketing. So how do we get that message out so that people actually know uh, how great we are and, and what we can do for them? Um, to, you know, to, to focus on uh, me and my team, you know, having better sales systems in place. Um, focusing on what are the things to continue having raving fan clients? So how do, how do we make it so that, you know, our customers, and, and we have an amazing retention rate, how do we make it even better for them? Everything, nice. right, at a, at a level. Um, working on finance and, and, um, and our legal one week. Working on optimizing our systems, right, our standing operating procedures and so on. Uh, and then finally, you know, how do I empower my team, right, and lead and coach them so that, you know, they do an even better job to everyone. So I think that's going to be our, our big focus for the year. And, you know, me as the chief instructor and, and founder that I focus on making sure that we do that every single week. And quite frankly, that's the thing that's been moving the needle quite a bit, you know, over the last a couple of months since I, I've, I've been doing it back over okay. again. Now we're, you know, we're back hundred percent from the pandemic, right. things are rolling. Now it's time to, you know, build and grow again from there. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the single best practice I would say, that is going to move us forward towards, uh, you know, bigger and better things. Yeah. Bigger and better things. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it, you know, it's funny. You were touching on one thing where, um, and I think in karate, it's kind of a big thing, right? Like you've been doing this for, you know, decades now, and you were saying that you're, uh, putting together courses and videos, I guess, to archive, uh, your knowledge for mm -hmm. the next, um, group of, of, or next, next generation, next generation, next people are going to take over. I mean, like, like you said, if something happens to you, I mean, it's great if nothing happens to you, but like that knowledge of the karate has to keep being passed down. So it perpetuates, I mean, mm -hmm. any break in that chain is lost, right? It's kind of like a language, I guess, right? If you're not constantly keeping it going forward. So archiving is probably very important. And we're certainly in a day and age where we have a lot of tools where we can do that. And the pandemic uh, certainly the pandemic propelled us forward in a lot of areas in terms of hybrid workplaces and being able to be mobile and all that fun stuff um but you know, like absolutely like we said hybrid being the the, the uh, key word in a lot of workplaces these days so yeah i mean it right now you know we're we've got all this uh got all these uh, we can do remote interviews we can do uh you know remote workplaces you don't have to commute as much it's great i guess the, the biggest thing is just make sure we're not isolating ourselves still but that's a that's my own side that's my own. i actually and and, and th that's one of the things that i've had to get used to uh bring back in in our club in terms of the social aspect so you know people come and and you know train with us so how we do other activities also to build a social. So with adults, maybe, you know, going for uh, some beer and wings after a, a class. You know, simple to, things, right? Have that extra, yeah, yeah, extra social activity, you know, some fun activities for our, you know, kids programs that are, you know, not specifically related to the class, but, you know, bring in Redman, right? Our, oh, yeah. our Iron Man, Redman suit. And then, <laughs> you know, being able to, to have the kids just have one fun day of just, kicking and punching somebody, right? Nice, nice. So that, that social aspect, that fun aspect, right. right? I think it's a big one that we're going to be also driving forward to make sure that we rebuild those connections that we that's, lost during the pandemic. That, that stuff you can't get online, right? And, you know, and even in, in karate, you're talking about like, it's great that you can do, uh, we call them katas, I believe. Um, you know, you can do yep. katas, you can get those down and that's great, but you can't do sparring sparring with someone, you know, you're missing all that, you know, that kind of one-on-one -on -one training where, you know, you really need kind of the back and forth to, to work on certain techniques or moves or whatever. And in, yeah, you're spot on. Yeah. And I mean, just in any kind of workplace, really just the, the melding of the minds, right. Where you're, you're just, you know, soaking up information and getting to know people and creating a culture and all that stuff. Like that, I mean, a lot of that was really, um, 
lost during the pandemic where we weren't, you know, we're all working. A lot of people work remotely, businesses shut down. You don't get them. Like it, it, that, that, I mean, yeah. So for the workplaces that still stayed um, functioning, the work got done probably sure, but the culture, all that, those years of culture where people were not together, that was lost. Like you said, like the, the fear that people were feeling and you got to get back out of it. Like that's, I think it's been slow for people to get back to where they were just mentally in terms of just going out. Like we're like, you know, it's like, uh, it's like the spring and everyone's coming out of hibernation slowly and being tentative and unsure. And there's a lot of anxiety these days, you know, and, and it's taken years. Yeah. 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 Like I said, and for sadly, it's taken years off our lives too, is, is the problem probably just the, mm-hmm. you know, lack of, uh, physical activity, but also I would imagine the mental strain that, uh, it's put on people as well has probably, uh, been difficult, but, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I have, I have noticed a lot more, uh, people mentioning to me, you know, uh, mental health issues. And in a lot of cases, you know, the, the training is one of the things that helps you know, get them through those difficult times now, right? Which is another, you know, amazing bonus of what we do. That's awesome. There's so many bonuses. It sounds like there's a lot of, uh, definitely a lot of health, mental, uh, physical benefits. You just can't, uh, oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah. Right. And we can't quantify them all. <laughs> you can't quantify them. No. And that, I mean, and that's, I mean, that's, that's a, it's unfortunate, I guess, because you want to see that someone got to, well, I'm 50% better or whatever. But at the same yeah. time, just maybe the smile on their face and the fact that they don't have that fear and anxiety is probably just the uh, best thing to, to see in people and clearly the best for them, I would think. Absolutely. All right, All right. Rick, I'm going to cut it off here. I'm going to thank you for your time. I really appreciate you coming on and telling me your story. What a great story it is. And um, clearly you have a lot of passion for what you're doing. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, you're, you're spreading that to, uh, far regions, uh, far corners of the world. That's fantastic. I love that. So, uh, maybe we'll have you on again, give us, give us an update and see what you've got going on. Absolutely. And, and thanks so much for inviting me on your podcast and, you know, I wish you the best of luck with it. My pleasure. Thank you very much. We'll, uh, talk to you soon. Take care. All right. Bye now. Bye-bye. Yeah.